here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. I'm here to fight, baby. Seth Rollins, get your ass out here, boy. When I show up, it's business time, baby. That's what I thought, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Shake Them Ropes, Shake Them Ropes, episode 66. Rob McCarron here alongside Jeffrey W.W. Hawkins. We are here (laughs) for another episode of Shake Them Ropes. It feels like it's been a while, Jeff, since we've talked on an episode, even though it's our regular interval. We just talked last Tuesday, but because I was hoping for more audio while I was in Orlando and audio equipment just went crazy, it's been a week since we've talked. Seems like longer, Jeff. I missed you. Oh, did it did it seem like longer? I mean, you were talking to everybody else. Wasn't talking to anyone. Well, except for Don't, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, you talked to you talked to a few people. Plug the website. Plug the old website there. Are you uh, are you playing with your phone now? Is it phone time? Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to get the phone beeps up to imitate your 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 audio wow. and figure four. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. And it I went, failed miserably, but that's okay. It's the bit, it's the, it's. If any of you heard me on Wrestling count. Observer Radio, I was a guest <laughs> of Dave Meltzer, Mike Sempervivi, talking about me being live at NXT on Wednesday at F4WOnline.com. Beep. There was some beeping going Beep. on. It was not my fault. Beep. I took a lot of crap. Beep. Oh, Rob, Beep. why is your face so close to the phone screen? Why do you keep hitting buttons accidentally? <laughs> I didn't. My phone was locked. I was using a headset. Apparently, that is what happens when you go from a cell phone to voice over IP sometimes is there's miscommunications in the networks. The compression goes a little bit haywire and uh, it thinks you're beeping when you're not actually. So it was not my fault. Information for life. I I did extensive research on it because I was trying to get through that mystery. Uh, But before we go too far, Jeff Hawkins, on this Uh open of Shake Them Rope 66, we have breaking news. This is a Shake Them Rope special report coming into you right now. (laughs) Breaking news out of Orlando, Florida. Samoa Joe has quit TNA, Jeff Hawkins. Your initial reactions as I shock you with this breaking news. He he was there longer than most. Probably longer than he should have been. Did you know he was there almost 10 years? Yes. Started in June of 2005. I had I didn't know it was quite that long. 2005, the middle 2000s still seem a little weird to me because, you know, it's it kind of blends in from when guys were starting to leave ROH to go to WWE <laughs> and TNA. But Samoa Joe was there for 10 years. He was a TNA guy 
you know, most of his career in TNA and now he's gone. And you know what? I'm not surprised because he's been there for so long and, you know, the way that TNA is nowadays. But uh, the question now on everyone's mind is where does he go? Does he try to go to WWE? Does he go back to the indies? Is he quitting wrestling in general? Is he going to be in the G1 this year? There's a lot of questions about Samoa Joe here in the hour after he uh, quit. Wouldn't be a bad addition to New Japan. Um, Wouldn't be. Ring of, Ring of Honor would probably bring him back. I'm, well, uh, I'm thinking options. everyone would bring him back, right? I don't think WWE would want him. Well, maybe not WWE. Maybe not them. I think anywhere else, he's uh, yeah. he might have an open little invitation. Cancel that. Um, I wanted to, I immediately asked, because of course we're playing this game of, uh, of not letting anything breathe. The moment yes. that Samoa Joe quit TNA, I asked on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes for ideas on his NXT name. The NXT name ideas for Samoa Joe, which may come in handy, which may never be used. Uh, we had a lot of the basic ones like Joe Samoan, you know, Joel Sanoa, <laughs> his real name. Uh, Cody says just Joe. <laughs> Joe period Prince Sanoa Umaga 2.0 that's cold I was um, going with that I was gonna go Umaga 2 electric boogaloo Rover with the with the unique name of Zada you know not being the ones to go Samoa something uh, Frank Puddle has what may be my most uh, favorite recommendation for Samoa Joe's name but also might be the uh, cruelest suggestion Frank Puddle on Twitter suggests Domin Reigns Domain Reigns. That's really good. Yeah. The Samoan who's not related to everybody else. Yeah. The Ro- one in the world. Some people mentioning that Roman Reigns has another name to add on his list of Samoans he's fighting for at WrestleMania. Uh, Maya and John from Nathaniel. So, yeah. Who knows what Samoa Joe will do? But a little piece of exciting news because we're not getting... <laughs> we're not Polynesian getting, Pete. Polynesian, yeah. Polynesian uh, <laughs> Pete. Polynesian Paul. Yeah. Samoa Kishi. Samoa Kishi. Samuso Joe. Samoan Reigns. Taylor Mitchell coming out with all the uh, regular Samoan bow. There's a lot of different options that you could do there if he ever went to NXT. Um, someone pointing out that last year, around summertime, Samoa Joe and Triple H did follow each other for a brief period of time and then unfollowed each other. So Was that was that to um, a drive-thru or just, or oh, you mean Twitter? On okay. Twitter. On yeah, Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone knows Triple H eats... With private chefs cooking. He doesn't go through drive throughs I eat now. clean. He's clean. Except, for, got a ball except for a late night Jack in the Box run occasionally. Sometimes you got to do it. I mean, I can't <laughs> hear because I don't have Jack in the Boxes. But oh, okay. What are you going to do? Uh, we have a lot to talk about today on Shake Them Rope 66. Uh, I just returned from a trip to Orlando, Florida, where I attended NXT TakeOver Rival, as well as the NXT TV tapings the next night. And I must say they are taping TV on Wednesday again this week. I'm not going to be there, but oh man, do I have the itch to drive again just because I'm a crazy person because I do not want to miss one of the matches that they were building up to. And we may get into that at some point here, but uh, NXT in Orlando, it was a fun time. Well, like I said, I didn't get to record all the audio I wanted to just because there was a lot of hectic stuff going on and uh, none of my stuff wanted to work. But overall thoughts, let's quickly get into this NXT TakeOver show since we haven't gotten to be on the show yet and talk about it. Your overall thoughts from NXT TakeOver and anything we want to get into. I recorded audio. You did. (laughs) Maybe I'll put that up as like a uh, 
like an extra, <laughs> like a little hidden file there that people can seek out. 15 minutes yes. with Jeff Hawkins thoughts immediately after takeover. Yeah. Listen, to my rambling. Um, yes. I liked the show overall. I think too many people were trying to compare it to too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it started a little slow and then towards, and then the last three matches, of course, were spectacular. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go into specifics or just general thoughts well, let's, now? Let's get into it. We'll go into it pretty quickly. We'll we'll start with TakeOver in the NXT weekend, then we'll get into Raw, and today is going to be our NFL or NFL. WWE Fastlane. We're going to do NFL okay. previews today um, here on the first day of Pitchers and Catchers reporting in MLB. Um, mm. We're going to talk about WWE Fastlane, which is coming up Sunday. Uh, quick note, we are going to go live after Fastlane on Sunday. We're going to do our usual WWE pay-per-view show. Um, I assume, Jeff, are you going to be able to do that? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Because I, you know, side note, hadn't asked him yet. Um, but we, <laughs> So we're going to go live after Fastlane, a uh, live show that you can listen to at ShakeThemRopes.com as we're recording it. And uh, we'll take calls, too. So if anyone wants to call in with your thoughts from Fastlane and the push to WrestleMania, all the information is at ShakeThemRopes.com slash contact. Uh, so yes, go there. We, we, we prefer the callers be sober, but if you're not, if you're not, hey, that's call. fine. If you're not sober, you may make the intro of our show, apparently. So uh, <laughs> uh, call in on Sunday, listen live. We'll also have the podcast up as soon as uh, we're done recording for anyone who can't uh, or uh, just is unable to listen live. But WWE Fastlane, we'll preview. Uh, now that it is official, Fastlane is one word in the WWE lexicon. We will preview that show. So a lot to get to today, but NXT TakeOver Rival, I was there live uh, you watched it on the WWE Network. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk about, first off, the pre-show, which the folks on TV did not get to see. Enzo Amore and Big Cass took on the VOD Villains, Aiden English and Simon Gotch, in a tag team match that went about six minutes. It actually got some time, got more time than one of the matches on the TakeOver special. Enzo and Cass won because in the world of tag teams in NXT, Jeff Hawkins, it is their turn for the push. It is the um, month of Big Cass and Enzo. They are the tag team special of the month. So they get the win here on the pre-show. Uh, but How Hide- you doing? How you doing? Exactly. Hideo Itami. Wait, Tiger- how do they look? How do they look? Yeah, was it just a gen- just like a standard generic tag match? Or did it they, was a, you know? It was a generic tag match. It was nothing okay. special. It went on for a little bit. Um, Enzo had, and you'll see this on TV. I think he's on the first episode Wednesday. In fact, we may get into what happened on TV. Um, Enzo Amore has maybe his craziest look since debuting in WWE. He's got the, uh, what do you call it? The mullet. Um, what's the thing? The faux hawk, the mohawk. He's got the mohawk all the way down to the neck. That's a okay. mullet at the same time. He's got the beard grown out, kind of like Bray Wyatt, just not as long. But right. it's it's striped. It's cheetah-striped. So it's like blonde and black and blonde and black. And I think he had his striped eyebrows. Like, he's got this crazy look wearing the the leopard skin and cheetah skin pants. I, I You'll swear see it to on God, TV. It's if, fun. If, if Vince ever looks at him, he's going to give him, like, a tweaker gimmick. He could. But it, it was something. It was something for sure. But the tag match itself was pretty basic. Uh, the takeover show opened with Tyler Breeze against Hideo Itami. This was a match yeah. that wasn't announced until a couple of days before, and it was only announced by Hideo Itami's Twitter. They never made it official on NXT, but we did end up getting that match. Um, it, it was nothing special to me. I think a lot of people are talking about how Hideo Itami came out of his shell a little bit during this match. 
And again, I didn't really notice that until he went for the GTS, which is something that I've been saying for a couple of weeks is it seems like until he goes for the GTS now over the last two months, he's WWE Hideo Itami. And then he gets more comfortable Mm -hmm. when he goes to the GTS because at that point he knows what he can do and he opens up a little bit. And people were really waiting for Hideo Itami to kind of open up. And it seemingly is getting closer. Uh, But Hideo Itami and Tyler Breeze had a good match. Hideo Itami wins. And that was the kickoff to our show. I thought Hideo Itami needed to look stronger in this match. I think they made him take way too much offense. He needed to snap at some point, like halfway through the match, and just put a beating on him, given the amount of hype that they gave him coming in as this world-class superstar and whatnot, his matches and the matches where he's looked good haven't matched that hype. And if you want, you know, he looked like a guy who wasn't exactly even Steven, but it was very, very close in terms of taking and giving offense there. Um, I think you need to put a beat down on Tyler Breeze here, and uh, they didn't. So I was a little disappointed in, the, in that in that respect. I think he, he, he's just coming out looking like a guy. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, we've had Finn Balor uh, with his rise to prominence. We have Kevin Owens uh, that we'll get to. You had Sami Zayn on the show. There's a lot of top guys. You kind of need some guys who were thought of highly by the crowd to be middle card guys. And uh, it looks like Hideo Itami, who, who isn't a superstar. Let's face it. He's not a superstar in the NXT world. Okay, he mm-hmm. hasn't done anything on TV to become a superstar. Finn Balor completely eclipsed him. So slotting him in a mid-card feud, maybe that, you know, eventually he'll win, but can give one of the NXT guys something to do. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world to put Hideo no. Itami in the mid-card, because if you watch TV over the next four weeks, Hideo Itami is not an unbeatable top guy anymore. Right. He's not. Uh, and this was the start of it. And then we get into a couple of matches, which were the epitome. Uh, Dylan Waco said it on Twitter. I was thinking the same thing while I'm there live watching it. The epitome of developmental matches occurred over the next two slots here. Uh, we start with Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey in the no DQ match, which went to about four minutes. It went exactly how we thought it would when we were doing our preview last week. It was a short match that the worst they did really was go outside for a little bit. There wasn't a weapon, weapon shots everywhere. It was kind of exactly how he thought it would be. Baron Corbin gets the win with his end of days, which live was very impressive looking. I know it kind of looked weird on TV, but it was very impressive because Baron basically lifted up the dead weight that was Bull Dempsey as Bull Dempsey was off balance and hits his move. Uh, What do we have to say about this match other than it was just there for a win for Baron Corbin? Short and thankfully short, and uh, yeah. and and the and and the dead weight spot, while sloppy looking, still very impressive. Sometimes the most impressive moves that you can hit are the ones that are sloppy because they weren't yeah. meant to be, you know, disjointed like that. It just happens, and you know, you have to well, improvise. Well, as I said, I don't. If you make a match too clean, it doesn't look like a fight. Right. It looks like a dance. And this and was I, supposed I, to be a fight. And this is supposed to be a fight, so I have no problem with that. Supposed to be a fight, and Baron Corbin gets the win, and uh, Baron Corbin continues to look strong. I mean, nothing on TV gave me any sense that not only what his next program was going to be, but that he was going to look weak by any means. So Baron Corbin rolls right along. They they tried to use a chair for a little bit. Really didn't Mm -hmm. happen. Um, And then we got Blake and Murphy defending the tag titles against the team they won them from, the Lucha Dragons, which (laughs) got some time. I mean, it got as much time as Hideo Itami and Tyler Breeze. This was rough watching it live. 
It was a bit rough watching it on TV because neither of the Lucha Dragons were on their game. Uh, I was watching it for a different angle, sort of. Um, I don't think they did any services on the on the television commentary by comparing the Blake and Murphy win to the Mokies beating the Gladiators. Although okay. I did pop for I popped for the reference. But they said it's the biggest upset since. I'm like, no, you're trying to make these guys credible. The Mokies were never really credible. You don't want to do that. It was it was uh, one developmental I, team beating another developmental team. Can't really I have thought, huge upsets there. But but I thought yeah, but I thought that the uh, that that Blake and Murphy showed a lot more confidence and a lot more innovative offense than they have in any other match. And I thought that was a real positive. Um, as a team and as something I can watch. It, it was interesting um, because this is where I first noticed it. And I believe me, I noticed it in other things too during the show is where they were really, it was a pay-per-view feel, even though not okay. every one of these guys should be trying to do pay-per-view stuff because they're still learning how to work together. I mean, Sin Cara and Kalisto were doing all right, but they're still learning how to work together. Murphy mm-hmm. and Blake are still learning how to work together. Yes, it's a pay-per-view. But you don't really have to try and pull out pay-per-view spots. And that's what I felt here because Murphy and Blake were trying things that they probably shouldn't be trying. Uh, it certainly wasn't smooth. Sin Cara was trying to do all his Lucha stuff on these guys and they didn't really know how to receive it. Uh, Sin Cara was a professional in this match. Callisto, and he got the crowd into it when they were super out of it in the beginning. But this match was just kind of there. It was a developmental match that you really can't put on the main roster. Like You cannot put these two teams on the main roster right now and expect anything more than uh, a cringeworthy 10 minutes. No, what I put was it's cl- it was clunky but fun. And I think overall in terms of those first 3 matches, the main the main thing was uh, people too many people are expecting New Japan level or even comparing it to other NXT specials where there were more experienced performers top to bottom from the card. I, and you can't do that. You have right. to judge it on its own merits. I think they're expecting all I'm expecting on these shows. And even this is too high expecting WWE level. Like you can put all of these matches on a WWE show, like main event and have it work out. You could not put yeah. Baron Corbin and bull Dempsey or this tag title match on main event. You couldn't do it. N- no. So, and you'd, you'd probably, you'd probably put the tag match on superstars, but it would still be, I mean, it'd be yeah, bad. It'd be bad I for superstars. Just, I, I was just happy that the NXT audience, there was a quick UF'd up chant. They got shot down real quick. Yeah. The, the audience there doesn't generally do much in the way of negative chance. And when they start a negative Good. chant or try to call someone an old name, uh, the authorities in the crowd basically yes. shut them down. The bullies that you hang out with. Right, yeah. Wrestling, wrestling Central or whoever. <laughs> I tell you, they they got the crowd into it at the TV tapings, though. Um, Good. Finn Balor and Adrian Neville talking about matches that you can put on WWE TV. You could put this on any pay per view of the year, and it would be great. It it didn't go as long as I thought watching it live. It went about twelve minutes, but Finn Balor and Adrian Neville had what I considered the match of the night. Okay. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as a lot of people did, but I think it was mostly, um, it was a lot of moves and I liked it. Don't I, get me wrong. I thought it was a great match. I thought I the thought progression, I thought the progression the pro- yes. of the moves made complete sense because Finn Balor wasn't trying to hit his most devastating double foot stomp to win the match. Right. He was trying to start with moves that he thought he could get wins with that weren't his finishers and go from there. He was trying to like, uh, I mean, he hit his reverse bloody Sunday. He hit the double foot stomp. He was trying to pin him with almost anything he could. 
but Adrian Neville kept kicking out because Adrian Neville here is a former NXT champion in his own right. Mm-hmm. These were, it was, you know, former go champion going up against a guy who wanted to be champion, who has been a force here in NXT. I thought the counters and the and the moves that progressed to the ultimate finish made a lot of sense. Uh, that's why I put it as my match of the night. And you can tell these are two professional wrestlers. These are guys who have been on big stages before who weren't afraid to go out there on an NXT show. Yeah. And these they, guys and who they know each it. other's these are guys who who have obviously worked together before many times or at least a few times in preparing for this match. So yeah, no, worked, it was a, yeah, we have worked with guys of similar styles who know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, it was it was a it was a great uh, 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 showcase for Finn Balor. He needs to stop looking up at the ceiling. That was the one thing I noticed he does a lot, almost like he's looking at like a Money in the Bank briefcase up there. Like what, I don't know during... if that's I don't I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a character choice. Like during when he hits a move and he's kind of playing to the audience, mm-hmm. he's more or less looking to the ceiling. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's <laughs> just trying kind of... not to look at anyone in particular. No, that's that. That might be. It I'll too. have to watch I, out for that because I haven't noticed anything like that. I noticed it to the point it was getting disconcerting yeah. on my end. All right, and it's just and it's just like okay, what's he? Is it a character choice? Is it a? But you know, it, maybe it's just that's what he's gonna do to seem like mystical. <laughs> okay, uh, Sasha Banks won the yes! women's championship. NXT TakeOver rival over Bailey, <laughs> Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. The reign of Charlotte is over, lasting almost a year. And the reign of Sasha Banks begins. And this was one of those matches that we talked about. It was a throw-up. Anyone could have won. I picked Becky. You know, I think part of that was wishful thinking. Uh, but Sasha Banks gets the win here. It was kind of anticlimactic in the audience with going for the submissions. Um, I think when I rewatched the TV version that it made a lot of sense. And that, you know, the announcers were kind of building up to that fact. But... You know, Charlotte wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up. But Sasha caught her because these two girls know everything about the other now. They've wrestled two strong singles matches. They knew everything that they were going to do. And Sasha took advantage knowing that Charlotte wouldn't give up. And as Charlotte was trying to get out, just crucified her and and got the pinfall. And Sasha Banks is your champion. I thought the post-match celebration was excellent with her. She was holding back tears. Uh, her brother and her mom were in the crowd and they were going nuts. Uh, it was it was a cool moment for Sasha Banks, one that the crowd really enjoyed as they were chanting, you deserve it, because that crowd there live at Full Sail has been watching Sasha Banks rise up to the stardom over the last year and a half. Uh, this was my match of the night, um, and it's funny that it was anticlimactic live because it made me, this might be my favorite ending to a WWE match in a decade and a half. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because it goes to all the criticisms I've had of the WWE in terms of a lot of things, in terms of character development of heels and whatnot. Uh, prote- it protected the finisher and kept that from necessarily having to be overused. Um, it was it was a non-traditional finish. Yeah, and that's and, what I liked about it in terms of in terms of it was a bit unexpected because you it was wear, unexpected. It, yes, it was a it was a great story finish because she had worn out her opponent with the submission move to the point where she couldn't kick out. Um, and and for me, the problem I have with the reason the main roster can't create main event heels for mid card heels is because they never give 
the mid-card heels credibility in the ring with clean wins over bigger opponents. And that's what this did for Sasha. If Sasha had won this by cheating, they they basically she wouldn't be a legitimate champion. Right. And they don't they, really they do go, that in no, they and they, got, they yeah, they didn't. And you know, that's what the you know, that's why when you get like a guy like Miz as world champ and all he's ever won is are distraction finishes or DQ finishes or, or whatnot, no one gives him any credence getting that run. This gives Sasha Banks credence as a women's champion, and I just I absolutely loved this finish. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I wanted yeah. to take it home and get it pregnant. I That's think, how much I loved it. I think as far as just being part of the live crowd, it was unexpected because it was a long sequence. You know, there were yeah. a couple of the submission attempts, and then she pulls back and she does the crucifix. I think too many people were expecting someone during that long layoff to run yeah. in and break it up or uh, or Charlotte to just kick out. You know, it was a little it was a little surprising. I and The result wasn't surprising live. Mm. Just when it happened was a little bit surprising. I, I thought all four ladies had really, really good offense, especially in the spots where you had three women working together. Yeah. No, the, uh, it was good know. stuff. The belly to belly on Charlotte the belly, from the top yes. rope. Excellent. I'm, um, I, I'm still convinced they should have probably put the belt on Bailey, but I'm not. I don't, I don't, I mean, I hope she wins it from Sasha. Because she needs, she needs to be built back up. She really does now at this point. See, I don't know what um, they're going to do. I mean, one thing I thought going into the TV the next night is, okay, they'll, they might go with Sasha and for the first couple of weeks, you know, do the rematch with Charlotte and then we'll find out what her program is. And I thought Bailey honestly might've taken a step back because you got Carmella there, you got Alexa Bliss there and you have Emma there. I honestly thought they were going to do Emma's heel turn and, you know, square her off with Bailey a little bit. Cause yeah. if you want to get Emma over as a heel, the one that you put her against is Bailey. But uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what as, they're going to do as, on the TV tapings on Wednesday because none of that as, happened for yeah. the first four shows. As for the ending, I didn't mind Sasha being emotional. I minded Charlotte being emotional immediately. She lost character again here. Well, I you mean, watch the TV. Her whole, I mean, her character, her she persona in NXT was being the best and being champion, and now she no, lost. No, but it. she was. It was a different kind of crying. It was it was the I'm so happy for you that you won crying. I didn't she see anything a, like that. She had, she had, she had a smile on her face. No, go back and watch it. Trust me. I, I watched this, it. I didn't this see is the kind of like that. Okay. She, was, she was giving the shocked look for the longest time, and then she goes up and she shakes hands with Sasha, and they do the pushing back and forth. I didn't even see the, the the shocked look. I saw the she she has tears in her eyes and she's happy for Sasha Banks, and I was mm. just like. This is the kind of stuff they're going to nitpick when she get if she gets brought up. Well, that's the thing. I, I think you can actually make it uh, more clear now that it, Sasha's the one who's ready and Charlotte's not. Yeah, unless unless you do that idea that you had with the Heyman making her a female Brock Lesnar where if he she, does all the talking. Yeah, if she never spoke, that'd be great. She'd be fine. You can't trust... Yeah. You can't trust Charlotte with a microphone in her hand to cut a promo, whether it's scripted or not. You cannot trust her for any type of promo right now on TV. You can't even I trust agree, her really think, to react to other promos. Like, say the Bellas walked certain, out. You know? Say the Bellas walked out. Yeah. Say the Bellas walked out and cut a promo on Charlotte. You could not trust Charlotte to give the right reactions. Correct. Correct. You, you can't. And, and I think a lot of people in wrestling media are doing her a disservice by saying she's ready now. Oh, she's right. more than ready. She'd go up there and be a superstar right Do now. Everything. I disagree. Yeah. I think athletically she'll be fine. I think character-wise she needs more work. Yeah. Oh, I'm 
I mean, you see it in every promo that happens where, you know, if she's not in the ring wrestling, there's stuff that goes wrong there. Uh, we were ahead of the curve on this, Rob, you and I. I guess. Uh, Kevin I Owens won the NXT championship via ref stoppage against Sami mm-hmm. Zayn in a match that was uh, slow to get going, but I, we expected that, right? We expected a Kevin Steen non-gimmick match to occur. Yeah. We expected him to heal on the crowd, slow it down. You know, chin lock after chin lock, and that's what we got. Uh, picked up a little bit later as the crowd's getting behind Sami Zayn, and no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, and then it finishes with Kevin Owens powerbombing and powerbombing Sammy, going for a cover. Sammy kicks out. Powerbomb, powerbomb. Cover, kick out. Powerbomb, powerbomb. And ref Sean Bennett, at the advice of the doctors, finally does stop the match. Ref stoppage. Immediately in the crowd, no one knows what the hell's going on. Because they don't do ref stoppage finishes for titles like this. And the crowd's wondering, at first, is Kevin Steen, is Kevin Owens going to get DQ'd? You know, as soon as the ref starts getting involved, everyone's kind of groaning a little bit. Like, they're expecting Kevin Owens to push down the ref or something to happen where it's a DQ and we get a non-finish here. Uh, And then we don't get that. But we get the ref stoppage. And no one in that audience is clued in as to what's going on. I'm standing there, you know, saying title change, you know, new champion as everyone else is wondering what's going on. And that is indeed what we got. We got a ref stoppage finish. The second in a row, unsuspecting finish. And the crowd didn't know how to react. But then as soon as ref Sean Bennett gives the belt to Kevin Owens, the crowd goes crazy. And we have a new NXT champion and a new top of the card guy for the next several weeks of NXT TV. It took me a couple days to like this ending. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll admit it just because this was, <laughs> if the, if the Sasha match was unexpected for you, this was kind of unexpected for me. Cause I always, I always pride NXT on giving me finishes to matches, like conclusive finishes to matches. And this, I mean, yeah, in one way it is one. And then in more ways, it's not one because you had Sammy who kept kicking out and kicking out and who's to say he wouldn't have kept kicking out and yeah. had something happen. But it, you got one it, guy, the new champion, who beat up the old champion to a pulp. Yeah, no, the the match itself was great. The ending was the one that kind of went, well, now what do I think of the match? And I, at first I didn't like it. I didn't like the ending at all. It felt like, uh, was it Flair Luger? I think it was Great American Bash 88, where, uh, or, or Starcade 88, I think, where where the Maryland Athletic Commission stops stops the match due to blood, even though this is the match where Luger should be probably beating Flair for the belt, and you have a new, you know, you have new blood up at top. Um, but but as I went for it, I think it's one of those I have to wait and see what they do with it now, because there's a lot you can do with Sami Zayn after this match, and I think I think it'll be handled well. I think you could have done the same thing with. Owens getting a pin. I think it was uh, Damien, our friend Damien Gonzalez, who was suggesting that it might have worked better if Owens kept checking with the ref after every power bomb, saying you should stop the match or being kind of healing up his involvement in getting the match stopped. I, I liked the idea. I liked it the way it went, you know, because okay. everything made sense. I mean, Kevin Owens is power bombing this guy to try and pin him. I don't mind it you now. Know. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying when I first watched it, it left a bad taste in my mouth right. because I expect I maybe and this is me having expectations of my own sure. where you don't get these kind of screwy finishes in right. NXT. It's booked like an old school promotion. But now now you is get unique? kind of now 
Yeah, now you now if you don't want to do, immediately do Owens and Balor, you can have a stipulation match, or you can have oh, you know, you, you can should, have. You should can we have get into, Should we get into what they're going to do? Should we talk about the TV that happened on the next night? Should we Should we go into any of that, or you think we should just let TV play out as it goes? What should we do? Here, you definitely want to talk about it. So let's timestamp here for anyone who doesn't want spoilers. We're going to talk a little and, bit about what NXT is happening. Uh, just a couple of minutes. I will have timestamps in the distrip in the description. There you go. That's uh, what I want. But cut ahead, maybe uh, cut ahead four minutes. We'll make sure that we don't go longer than four minutes on this. Okay. And we're going to talk now. Jeff Hawkins, mm-hmm. the TV tapings on the Thursday after Takeover. Easily, yeah. if I'm considering what was the better event, Wednesday or Thursday, Takeover versus the TV tapings, the TV mm-hmm. tapings by far. You got. Yeah, you have a Russell boner, don't you? Because you got both Alex Riley and Alexa Bliss. They are feuding Alex Riley and Kevin Owens. And oh, it's God. the greatest thing of all time. That is you're your a, program right now. Finn Balor's in the a, back burner. Sami Zayn is nowhere to be seen. Slop. For all I know, Sami Zayn is done with NXT. Okay. He did not appear. That, that aside, would be a bad ending, to be honest. Aside from the February 18th TV that Kevin Owens opens up with a promo, Sami Zayn is not mentioned by anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when they're going to do a next NXT special. I don't really expect it for several. I, honestly, I don't expect it for three months minimum, maybe even longer. Uh, but yeah, Alex Riley is your in-between uh, gimmick. And then Finn Balor comes in after that. Because Finn Balor's got his own thing right now. With in- Rhino. Including a possible match with Rhino of all people. Although that could the just Highland- be... The Highlander of wrestling. It could have just been like a false tease. You know, they do the backstage thing where Rhino's walking by and it gets you excited, but nothing really happens from it. No, he's a perfect stand-in for Kevin Owens because he's short and stocky. I love it. I just don't know if we're going to see Rhino brought back for another set of tapings. Once that, because Rhino appears in the first episode, the episode you'll see on February 18th, tomorrow, if you're listening to this right away, or today, if you're listening to it on Wednesday. Rhino appears has a match. After his match, he's walking backstage. Finn Balor's giving a promo. Rhino faces off with Finn Balor. And it's one of those cool moments because you're like, what the hell? Finn Balor and Rhino are facing off? What's going on here? Um, but there was a lot on these TV tapings that like the next four weeks of NXT TV are certainly interesting. Uh, Hideo Itami, of all people, suffers his first loss. He loses Tyler to Tyler Breeze in the Clean, main event. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the March 11th episode, by the way. Uh, Tyler Breeze, the MVP of these tapings, had a couple of matches. All were good. Uh, You know, some character development. The guy's got the selfie stick now, which was amazing. And he's using it. (laughs) And he's hilarious. And Tyler Breeze was awesome on this tapings. Everyone was great. Brian Kendrick wrestled Finn Balor in a match that was really good. Um, I thought the Tyler Breeze-Hideo Itami match that ends the March 11th episode was better than their takeover match. They got a lot of time. And they had a main event caliber match. Chuck uh, Taylor showed up. Chuck Taylor did not show up. <laughs> Some of you people have to read the entire tweets, please. But uh, it was fun time. It's it was... been a week of fail for you with the uh, internet wrestling community. Yes, I guess. But it was it was good times. Brian Kendrick and Rhino, and then you got the big matches and the big. You know, the angle goes over. I think three different episodes of TV. The Kevin Owens Alex Riley thing, and they didn't even wrestle yet. The wrestling match between those two, I believe, will happen at the 18th TV tapings, the ones tomorrow night. So this is going to cover quite a few weeks of NXT TV. I mean, you're going to see Alex Riley and Kevin Owens going until the end of March 
on TV. Riley kind of looks like he's uh Riley was jacked up, dude. He was going huge. for the going for the brass ring, as I like to say. But at the same time, he's I mean, he's huge and gigantic. He's always been a big guy, but But he uh, looks older. He looks like a guy who was big and gigantic, but you know, it's ten years later. Okay. And he's, you know, just he's older. I don't know how to describe it other than he looks older. And the hair is grown out now, so when he wrestles after three minutes, it's all over the place. Mm. You'll see. He wrestles on TV for about four minutes uh, in the coming weeks. But it was a fun time, those NXT TV tapings. And we're about at the four-minute mark, so we're going to stop talking about the NXT TV. All right. We had some questions come in via the Twitters uh, about the uh, NXT TV. So what I'm going to do is try to find those. And maybe answer some of the questions. And uh, I don't think they're all for me, too. So if you have any questions, it, we'll, get, we'll get our answers to these questions here. Um, the first one. Did I eat at a Checkers while I was there? Quite possibly <laughs> the best fast food burger shake place ever. I hmm. did not. I, I ate the uh, old standbys, Steak and Shake and Subway. They had Steak and Shake down in Orlando? Oh, absolutely. They did. All over the place. Okay. Yeah, they okay. sure did. Uh, so I ate whatever was close by. I wasn't doing anything special. Although a friend that I was staying with uh, who is awesome and works for WWE uh, showed me this awesome barbecue place. And I had lunch there the day I was leaving. And they have some good barbecue down there in Florida. Did not expect. Did not expect. Che- Checkers, I believe, also owns rallies. And rallies. Yeah. Rallies had, what, had, yeah. rallies had some great fries, but uh, mm-hmm. come on. Be- because they have the same logo be- and everything. Let, let's slow, slow your roll here on best fast food burger place because <laughs> I, I put steak and shake and in and out. In and out, both. yeah. I had in and yeah. out when I was in Arizona, and it was awesome. And oh, yeah. I have we have rallies up here, so okay. it's basically the same thing. So, um, yeah. Let's see what else here. <laughs> fast food talk. <laughs> Further rope. Danny Hernandez asks, further explain the comment that the fans on the hard camera were really the only ones making noise and seeding the seeding process at NXT. So when I was on Wrestling Observer Radio, I made this comment that the fans who were on the opposite end of the uh, hard camera, the ones that you could see on the hard camera, uh, Wrestling Central and those guys. They were the ones who were being rowdy all night, both during TV and during TakeOver and going crazy. But then when you get the fans adjacent to the hard camera, the ones that you can't see when the hard camera is showing that are on the left, they're sitting down. They're waiting for something to happen. They're pretty quiet. That's the dynamic of the NXT crowd. There's no one sitting on the hard camera side. There's no one really sitting on the right-hand side except for the few people at stage side because uh, they only have bleachers on the left and then straight ahead. So what happens is there's it's general admission, mm-hmm. but... They seat you in the order you are at at the line. You don't get to pick where you sit. So the first people in the line are the ones who are seated opposite the hard camera, and they just keep filling it and filling it until you get to the left-hand side of the camera until they're done. So right. the ones who are really into the show and, want, and know that they want to be on the hard camera side are the ones who get there early. They're the rowdiest. Yeah. They're the most hardcores. They get in there, and they go crazy they're- oppo. Yeah, they're the ones who are in on on the on on the show and what yes. it's about, and they want to make it look good. It's a lot of acting right. from yeah, them. Yeah, it so. really is. They they know what their part is, so they play that part. You know, they pop for the Kevin Owens ring entrance, but then they go into booing him because they know he's a bad guy. 
And that's how it goes there. So the people who aren't as hardcore and get there later before, you know, as they're probably filing people in, that's when this crowd arrives. They get seated at the last section, which is the section adjacent to the hard camera. And they're just there Mm -hmm. for the show. You know, they're there and they they're loud if something really crazy happens. But otherwise, they're sitting down. So opposite hard camera side, they're standing up the whole night. The adjacent side, which is the side that I usually sit on because, you know, I'm not trying to be a part of the show. I'm just trying to sit in the back and, you know, observe, Uh, you know, that side is basically just enjoying the show and taking it in. And yet there you were front and center on my screen in the opening of. I didn't appear in the open, but as you can see, you know, I'm just standing up. I'm waiting because everyone else is standing up. So I'm just standing up and watching and what's going on in my brass ring club shirt. She did make Mm -hmm. air. Hooray for me, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but that's the dynamic there is the people who are really hardcore get in early and they get opposite of the hard camera, whereas all the people who are left get seated it, on the left hand side. Yeah, It was the same at the ECW arena. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So general admission in the sense that you uh, it's bleacher seating, but you don't really get to pick where you sit. So you got to show up early if you want the best seats opposite the camera. So you're on screen all night long. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what else we got here. If any questions meet uh did you get uh, or did you used to go to Impact Zone TNA shows? And if so, how much overlap is there with NXT? I never went to an Impact taping either in the old days. And I, I was trying to get to one uh, over this weekend as TNA was taping pay-per-view shows, but I didn't uh, get to one. Uh, that lunch that I talked about happened in between. And honestly, after the NXT shows, I really had no interest in going to TNA. Ah, I had no wanna, interest. You didn't want to let down. I, well, yeah, I. I finished the week with the best show I was going to see that week. And I didn't really need to see, you know, Sonata versus Samuel Shaw. Okay. I really didn't need, so I didn't go, but as far as I understand, because I did talk with some people that have gone to the old Orlando tapings and now go to NXT. There's a little bit of an overlap, but the NXT crowd certainly has more hardcore audience. Whereas TNA, they were just there because it was something to do at the park. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Let's see if there's anything else. In your opinion, and this one can be for both of us, in your opinion, what is the best NXT diva, and when do you think Hideo will hit the the GTS? So who is the best NXT diva right now? An easy answer for me, and that's Sasha Banks. I would agree. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And second place for me, if if I had to pick one, would be Bailey. See, second place for me, I would still take Charlotte. Okay. Just because, I mean, Becky... Becky's great in the ring. And let's face it, if we want to be objective, Becky is the hottest one there. She's the most attractive girl there to me, anyway. So you can't you can't She's got a lot of checkboxes. You can't say let's say let's let's face facts. She's the most And then state an opinion. And then then state state an opinion. opinion. Yeah. She's the most attractive there. Like if you're doing the camera test, she's the one passing it with the flying colors. That's just me. But she's Delta. And this is a WWE TV business. They're going by, you know, looks, basically. So as far as looks go, she checks that box. She's not comfortable being the girl yet. She's not comfortable being the woman yet. She's playing the sidekick role. And she she just seems like she's there waiting for approval and isn't taking, mm-hmm. you know, choices on her own. Uh, right. She kind of came out of that shell a little bit in the four-way. Like, as soon as she entered at TakeOver, she had the new gear. She She looked like there was an extra, you know... There was some bounce in her step. I honestly thought right there she was winning the title because this was a different Becky I was seeing. This was the Becky who was, you know, back in the day who was so sure of herself that she didn't care what she said on camera or what she did in the ring. This is the old Becky Lynch. So in that way, I was a little surprised at the end when she didn't win. But I would put Becky there 
uh, at number three. Um, and then Bailey she probably. She doesn't four. talk. She can't talk. But she yet. doesn't talk, and that's what. And that's exactly it. She doesn't talk. You know, there's a difference between not being able to talk and not talking in general. I, we don't know if she can talk and do an actual promo herself. Because again, she's uh, been they, a sidekick. Well, they've stuck a camera on her and asked her to talk, and she didn't. Just school sting. That's, that's how she says it, though. I mean, yeah, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying it's different. When a crowd hears something like that, they're not going to exactly know what they heard because it's different. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that's it for the NXT questions. I. Uh, well, no, there's one here. And this one's for both of us because it was addressed to both of us. If you had yeah. full creative control, who would you move up from NXT right now? And what stories would you try with them? I'll let you go ahead and take this one first. Let's let's say one person you could move up right now because you have an idea for him. Who would it be? Oh, I've already had ideas for people that I've been throwing out here through throughout the weeks. So I'd you know I'd I'd throw up uh, I'd I'd put uh, I'd put Big Cass and Marcus Luis together and make them the skyscrapers and bring them up for a tryout. At least on no, like a, on no, a we're talking out. we're talking. Main event. We're, put the rocket you're putting on them? them with a real storyline on Raw tomorrow. Who are you bringing up? I'd bring up those two to destroy the Ascension. Cass and, and Louis I'd need ma- time. And Cass and Louis yeah, need time. You're not bringing I them know. up to TV tomorrow. Okay. Come on now. Okay. Well, no. Okay. I'll, I'll take my easy answer. I'd I'd bring up Sasha Banks, and yeah. I'd put her, and I'd I'd have her out bad all the bad divas up on the list. I'm bringing up Finn Balor on Sunday, and he's the reason why Daniel Bryan doesn't win. Okay, and that's your WrestleMania matches Finn Balor and Daniel. I Bryan. bring up Sammy before I bring up Finn. I Sammy wouldn't. was Sammy. Sammy was the one I was thinking. If first, I could only bring up one, to... I'm bringing up Finn Balor right now, and he's going to quickly become one of your top heels. And eventually, you can turn him babyface. I think when you want when you bring a new guy up, he should come up as a heel, just because it's hard for the crowd to really care about new guys when they don't know anything about him. I'm bringing up Finn Balor tomorrow, and telling I... him. You're gonna get the spot with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. I'm I'm nitpicky here. I want to hear him cut promos, WWE style promos before I bring him up. I'm sorry, Sammy can do that now. Finn hasn't. Right. I, that's Sammy's, my. That's Sammy's my, probably my number two. I mean, I'm I just mean, saying if I had to bring up one. No, that's that's fine. I, I get that. I just for me, and this was something. It wasn't getting on my nerves, but it's also one of those things where I think there's a lot of people, especially a lot of people with, uh, let's say, patriotic. Uh, tendencies who want Finn Balor up on that roster sooner rather than later. And I get that. I, I just want to see him acclimate completely to the WWE style. I get that. He's ready. I get that. He's ha- cut promos before I get that. I want it done in this environment. And this isn't just me saying, Oh, this guy's ready. So bring him up and do something. Right. I'm thinking I right now that. you have a guy in Daniel Bryan who is his size, who is his yeah. height. That's loved by the, you know, the fans. And before he's completely unloved by the fans, this is why I have to, I think you have to strike while the iron is hot. You want to set up another guy who can be a big name in WWE. And if you're worried about size, bring up Finn Balor, put him with the guy his own size and Daniel Bryan. While Daniel Bryan's still a baby face, so you can get that heat on Finn Balor. Uh, it gives you a match the- that I think people would be excited for. This will shut up all the people who want Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan. I truly believe it would. I get, I get that. I, you know what? I totally get that too. But at the same time, if you bring up Finn Balor immediate, and immediately stick him with Brian, you have to immediately have him beat Brian. And I would. 
Okay. Daniel Bryan doesn't need to win at WrestleMania again. He's had his time. I've talked about this. He's had his time. He doesn't need to win again. You could give him a long program with Finn Balor where they each win a couple of matches and then there's a blow off all the way at, you know, SummerSlam or something like that. You know, I, I get I get that, but okay, who does he go after, who who does he take after that? Who does he take after that? Uh Finn, mm-hmm. you could do Sammy's if we're talking later on no, in no, the summer. No, no, Finn, who does who do right. you put Finn you, with? Cuz they got to exactly. look down the road here. You could do Sammy's Cuz at this point Finn Balor will be an overheel if I was putting him up and you're putting him up against Daniel Bryan. He could go with a guy like Sammy Zayn who could be this fresh young baby face. He can go, you know, if you want to turn Bray Wyatt heel, you know, do Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. There's a lot of different ways you can go. You can do I Seth just, Rollins. You can do Dolph Ziggler. I mean, you can do a lot of different people. Okay, here, here's where I'm going to put the wrinkle in your, in, your, in your booking. Doubt it. You bring him in immediately. Yeah. And you just put him in a match without, is this without vignettes or anything? He's a surprise. I, I say you put him on there. What, and he, what, yeah. what, 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 what percentage of the WWE audience knows who he is? Nobody. Nobody. Okay. And that's fine. So you're, you're, so you're all you're going to know to and all you need to know right up front on day one is that this guy was a dick who cost Daniel Bryan the shot at WrestleMania. And then it doesn't become, right. you know, the higher ups cost Daniel Bryan. It was Finn Balor. Okay. Cost Daniel Bryan the spot for WrestleMania. All right. No, I'll, I'll take that. I and just, then you give, yeah, you give the backstory, you know, have him cut gonna, out. That's going to be, that's going to be their first question is nobody's going to know who he hey, is. That's fine. Guys have debuted who no one knew what was going on. No one knew who Brock Lesnar was when he debuted. He just came in and beat up the Hardys. No one knew who he was. Came up and beat up Maven and Crash Holly and Spike Dudley and all these guys. No one knew who he was. You don't have to debut guys with vignettes all over the place. In some ways, it's a good idea. But let's put it this way. They debuted Brock by having him beat up a bunch of gates. You're going to debut Finn by bringing him in and having him jump the main guy. By beating up Daniel Bryan, right? All right. In my, in my way, that's better. And let's not fa- you know, not only a bunch of geeks. He was beating up the Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys were pretty over. Geeks. Yeah. Well, in these days, anyway. Small guy. Small guys you can throw around. Yeah. Uh, before we get into our WWE Fastlane preview, what if anything should we talk about from Raw this week? Anything really stand out? I thought it was a better show. I thought it would have been a kick-ass two-hour show. There's some cool stuff on this, including an excellent. Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose match. I liked the matches. I liked I liked the match. The entering work was pretty good, yeah. Um I liked I liked the uh, end fight. Okay. How they how they got there wasn't exactly my favorite thing on earth because they just healed up both to the to the point where both these guys are unlikable. It's a very weird dynamic. They did the uh, you know the singles matches from the tag team match last week where it was Big Show and Brian and they, Kane and you know Roman and They did a can you top this? Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Dolph cut a just god awful promo. Dolph wasn't good. Dolph was not good on this show. Another one of those. Seth I'm the Rollins best. was good. Yeah, it, it, I, I love I love the fact that you can say I go out there and steal the show. I'm the best, but you don't win. Winning makes you the best, right? It's just, eh. but he looks good while he's doing it, and that's the difference. We had the same promos all in this one segment. We talked about Seth Rollins cutting a promo like that last week, where I didn't really think it was a similar promo. Seth Rollins was talking about one match where he looked the best where he had both guys counted out until Brock Lesnar surprised him versus Adolph Ziggler, who just loses everything, but always talks about how good he looked in all of these matches. Not that he had guys on the ropes, but that he looked flashy in the matches. Completely two separate things. He had the good version. He had the bad version. Dolph Ziggler was the bad version of that. And it looks like they're rematching on SmackDown this week. 
Um, you know, Seth Rollins doesn't have anything to do for Fastlane. It looks like we could be seeing him and Dolph at Fastlane, possibly. Or, I think so. or some type of six man with all the fired guys. That's yeah. That's the other thing. Like J and J and J and Seth, Seth Rollins. Versus. Yep. Actually, you know what? Going back, doubling back my original idea for Sasha when I was going to bring her up, I was going to bring up Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey and make it a female nexus type thing just to reinvigorate that whole division. But that was me. Anywho, uh, the, the radicals. <laughs> I was just, uh, no, I was going to make them the female horsewomen. I tell you what, though, that's not the worst thing because you have plenty of other women down there that could yeah. easily step up. And then you can eventually turn Bailey as the weak weakling because she's not into being evil or mean. Mm-hmm. You eventually get dissension between Charlotte and Sasha and you can break them off. Are you worried at all that you would get like a radical dynamic where, you know, two of the uh, four might step forward and the other two are kind of forgotten? Cause I would worry that Bailey might get forgotten in a role like that. Um, no, because I would take care of them. The problem with the radicals was they immediately thought that Dean Malenko was too old and Saturn was too weird looking. And so they put them dude. on the back. So they put them on the back burner. I would, I would take much more care. All right. Um, that would be me. Yeah. Uh, so raw, as far as, you know, again, I thought, okay, the show was me, super long. The one thing I, I did that was seen as a positive, but overall I have questions was the Rusev Cena thing. Uh-huh. Why are they not trying to rebuild this U S title as important? Well, cause it's not. It should be though. I mean, if John Cena is having a title match for the U.S. title, crazy, this right? Because you barely heard U.S. champion. This like, is a heard... chance to right. reinvigorate it, and you're and you're not. You're turning. You're doing the Rocky story without the championship part of uh-huh. it. Yeah, which... you're doing. Uh, you're doing like uh, the title was barely mentioned. It's mentioned that he's the U.S. champion, but the match is a U.S. title match, and you wouldn't know that. Like and you wouldn't the, have a clue. And here's the disconnect for me. It makes that beatdown mean nothing well, to me. It was John Cena. You kind of had to even him up. Like, Rusev is this unstoppable monster. John Cena got the worst of it last week. John Cena was ready this week, and he got the better of it. So now who's going to actually get the better of it when both guys are ready come fast lane? I thought the beatdown stuff was fine because this is the John Cena that we ask for. This is the intense yeah. John Cena who doesn't cut jokes. This is the one who knows a fight's coming in handy. Is, is that what that was? Because he turned it he, was. Went, he turned on and off the switch. I don't. I, I mean, it was mostly the. It's as came much in, the serious Cena that we're going to get. Amen. Oh, I love this crowd. Orlando, are we ready? Blah blah. Yeah, but blah, that's blah, blah. Then, he's then good guy. Voice, and you know, Rusev, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Like, okay. You're going to have okay. the guy who's riled up and comes in like that. I I put that right. away. But you're you know he's not telling jokes in the middle. He's not saying poop. You know, talking about no, all that, stuff. No, that's a positive. But yeah. all he needed to do was cut a promo here about how important the U.S. title would be to him. Well, it was my first belter. I no, know. The story they're yeah. telling right now is that John Cena's, you know, he doesn't believe he's this old guy that Rusev keeps saying, and it's his, still his spot. It's not so much that he wants to win the championship, that he wants to defend his spot. That's what the yeah. story's about. And, and it's honestly, a terrible story. I think that's a better story if Rusev wins. Because honestly, John Cena's spot is more important than the U.S. title. If Rusev wins this match, he's not defending his title. He's, I meant, winning, I meant the, he's getting John Cena's spot. And that's I more the important. Old guy, the old guy crack is, is just dumb. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think they should be doing the old guy it. stuff right. But telling me that the U.S. title is more important than John Cena's spot is just false. Let's see. What else on Raw? Um, Triple H and Flair. Triple H Flair and was Flair. drunk. 
Well, he's Flair. He's Ric Flair. This ties into this ties into another point I have. I think I think now that it's about WCW, Sting's not going to win. Can't win. Can't put WCW over WWE ever. I didn't think Sting. I I don't know if I'm going to see Sting winning a WrestleMania match, but at the same time, I think Triple H is fine losing WrestleMania matches now because he's not a wrestler anymore. No, I know he's fine losing them, but there's a lot of the the standard Triple H opponent promo in this flair promo where you always have to say, I respect you, triple H. I respect you. And (laughs) this goes along with the big show quote unquote turn. But you realize the only person who ever held that big belt NWA WCW championship and was better off in the WWE was the guy who killed his wife and kid in terms of their legacy. What? Yeah. Ben was the only one. Yeah. Like, the Giant never lived up to his potential as Big Show in WWE. Flair was misused for the last 10 years of his career in the WWE. It, it, it's just the, the, the WCW stigma is there, and now it's out in this Sting program, which it doesn't give me a lot of hope for what Triple H is going to do in these promos. Okay. It, it, that might so. seem rant. That might seem ram- random to you. I but think it- I think Big Show is clearly more important in WWE than he was ever in WCW, and seen that way, and is such a bigger star. And he, ne- but he never lived up to the the championship material he was in WCW. His first night in WCW, he won the title. Right. His first match, they gave him the belt. Yeah. His first, and, ma- and his first see- night in WWE, he got enthralled. Now again, they didn't follow up with it, but he was involved in a Steve Austin Vince McMahon program. Yeah, and he lost the second night, the night after. Right. Didn't work out too uh, too well after the fact. I rest my case, Your Honor. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion this big show turn is to create a triple threat for Rissle- well, there's WrestleMania. No there's no turn. He hasn't turned anything, so. Well, he's not he's not totally good, but he and Kane are on the outs. Yeah, he and Kane are on. They're two bad guys who are, you know, frustrated right. that they can't get. Right. There's no baby right. face here. No, there's not yet. I worry that they're but- going to get a WrestleMania match, too. Oh, it's going to be Kane and Big Show. Oh, I think it's going to be Kane, Big Show, and Daniel Bryan. Ugh, I don't see that at all. I think I think they've decided to shift back into the one-on-one match with Roman Reigns and and they could. Brock Lesnar. They could, and this is and this is how they're doing it. They that's could. why that's why they had Big Show hit him. I think that's what's going on. Yeah. And then you're going to have the David versus two Goliath stories, right? To make people quote unquote happy. Wouldn't, and I don't know the if crowd it's going just to. love that. Oh yeah, wouldn't they love it? You know um, it's, on, it's on their mind. You know it. Primetime players got back together. Hooray. <laughs> Goodbye, Slater li- Gator. You're done, Heath I li- Slater. I liked how they protected uh, <laughs> They protected <laughs> the partner to be named who never got the intro. Yeah. Who was that? Robbie Rage? Uh, no, Kenny, Kenny something, not Kenny Chaos. It was no, somebody. It was some Las Vegas indie worker. I was I was taking I was taking Robert's yeah. name. I had no idea who it was, to be honest with no. you. Nope. Uh so let's just go ahead and write get into this fast lane preview. Shall you know, we? you know what that needed? That needed Abraham Washington. Did it? Maybe they need they need, they need to bring the entire Honestly, band. Back I was together. never a fan of Abraham Washington. Just leave him out of it. I think I Titus like, and Darren speak well enough for the both of them. So I liked him to the point where he had the microphone on during the oh, match. I hated they it. had to they had to cut that off, but his promos I thought were fantastic. Not an Abraham Washington guy, sorry. 
Just not a guy like that. Uh, fast lane. Let's get into the fast lane preview because that's coming up this Sunday. And again, we're going to be live at shakedownropes.com after fast lane. So as soon as the show ends, we will be there uh, talking about all these big matches, including the tag team title match, the Usos versus Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, for the tag team titles. Um, I'm seeing title change here. Are you? I am. Okay. I'm seeing title change. It's the tag team titles. They can go back and forth. I'm seeing tag title change here with Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. Um, I don't know. I Something you can do for Total Divas if you really want to, you know, put the titles back and forth and have it, you know. I, I don't see this feud ending on Fastlane. And to me, it ends if the Usos win the title. God, that I, I can see that. I can see Natty ruining the match for team. I can see that too, yeah. So that's one negative there. So, you know, either way, I'm, you know, I'm, they want to give Cesaro and Tyson Kidd a non-consequential tag team title reign. I'm fine with it. Yeah. And again, it is non-consequential and inconsequential. That's what I'm listening to. Whatever the word is, whatever, you know, Cesaro would be able to say that in multiple languages. I can't say it in one. So would the person who hacked Cesaro's Twitter be able to say it in multiple languages? Probably not. The Intercontinental <laughs> Championship, a match that apparently is going to stand up in court, even though Wade Barrett signed this contract under duress. Where is David Otunga? David Otunga would make a killing in WWE right now as like an on-screen attorney. Mm-hmm. He's got so many potential clients, including Wade Barrett. So many potential clients. Speaking of, David Otunga on the Raw pre-shows has been excellent. Yes. Excellent. I agree. They're so much is, better now without Alex Riley. And I thought Alex Riley was good on this pre-shows. They're even better this, now with Corey Graves and Otunga. This is the role he should be doing. And I'd, God, I'd, put him, I'd put him with Brennan on an NXT or a superstar show just to see what would happen. Just to give him a run. one A one-episode tryout. What I'll I think tell you be, is David Otunga is starting to take the role of the internet in these yeah. things. Like, he's giving things that you would hear on Twitter or Reddit or different places. He did it when, uh, last week, you know, when everyone wondered what the controversy would be coming out of the Royal Rumble or two weeks ago, whatever it was. He was taking up the stand that Curtis Axel was never eliminated and the controversy regarded Curtis Axel getting a title match at WrestleMania. This week, he took the, uh, he took the stand on, what was he taking the stand on? Uh, there was something. And now I'm completely losing it. I, I I can't remember either. He's taking the stand to the internet, though. It was fantastic. Oh, oh, Darren Young. Yes. He called Darren Young the black John Cena. What has the internet oh. been saying about Darren Young for the last three years? That he looks exactly well, like John Cena. Well, he said he could easily they, be John Cena's brother. That was the first week of Nexus where Darren Young pointed that out. And then I, I came up with the great gimmick of him being the anti-Cena. Kind of like Bizarro Cena. I thought that would have been cool. Not Nexus that great. Cena. Nexus Cena would have been fine. Nexus Cena would have been an awesome gimmick. It's not that great. It is. You have have t-shirts. Pretty bad, actually. T-shirts that say lazy, traitor, disrespect. I'm starting to hate hate this even more. Well, your ideas suck. I mean, mean, two (laughs) wrongs don't make a right. You've never had a good idea on this show. That's absolutely true. All right, fine. I've 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 digressed enough on Darren Young. I, you can't I thought get he was me. good. <laughs> oh, I oh I thought before. Well, all right. So bad news, beep, Barrett. No, beep, we're done with that. We're done with beep, that. Bad news, Barrett. Beep. 
It was my no, fault. Well, let me let me fi- let me finish my point. No, we're moving uh, on to Dar- bad news, Dar- Barrett against Dar- Dean I Ambrose. Dar- I thought Darren. <laughs> I thought Darren Young was gonna get. I thought Darren Young was gonna get squashed, and I'm happy to see he didn't. That w- that. Oh, that I, was nice. I called it on Twitter, which was not like impressive because I figured it was happening. I figured they were putting Titus back with him. I expected okay. exactly what we got. Mm. Yeah. Um, Dean Ambrose going for the Intercontinental Championship against Bad News Barrett. Uh, you know, I'm hoping for Dean Ambrose's sake that he loses this match because this icy title, it's not <laughs> a joke anymore. It's not a running gag. This is truth. For the last three, four years, the Intercontinental Championship is a jinx on you. It is oh, yeah. an anchor holding you down. You don't want this. Dean Ambrose is a crappy comedy guy right now. He's done. He's, he's trying, needs, he needs he's trying some to be a little bit serious. I mean, the whole thing with Wade Barrett has been somewhat serious. He wants the title. He wants the fame of being hung up on WWE headquarters. He wants the title. He wants everything that goes along with it. This particular angle has been him being serious. But he had such a bad end of 2014 that it's hard to see Dean Ambrose as anything. And now he's going up for the title that means nothing to Wade Barrett, who keeps losing singles matches. No, Barrett's done nothing either. He loses single matches to Sin Cara. Yeah, and he's beating Mizdow. Whoopty crap. Yeah, Mizdow that you know, Mizdow needed distraction from the Miz to lose that match. I mean, this whole thing is a mess. I Mm. see Dean Ambrose winning just because they're gonna you know, not because they're going to do anything with it, but it, it's just something to do. You know, let's put the title on this guy. Why not? We'll have him lose to Bray Wyatt the next night anyway. Yeah. And I, I can see that happening too. I think we get a Dean Ambrose title win and then he loses to Bray Wyatt the next night on Raw. I won't go that far, but I think... Wouldn't be, shock- give us- wouldn't be shocking though, would it? No. No, it would not be shocking. Uh, Nikki Bella <laughs> against Paige for the Divas the f- Championship. The feud that won't end... <laughs> it keeps going, doesn't it? Mm. It keeps going. Uh, I mean, I guess Paige. Does Paige win here? Does she win the championship? I mean, she's been getting the, you know, the uh, upper hand has been going to Nikki Bella lately for the most part. I think mean, Nikki wins and then they put Charlotte in for WrestleMania. See, I kind of expect, and I don't know why I would, but I kind of expect Paige to be the champion the night after Mania, and that's where AJ Lee comes back to kind of reverse what happened at the Raw last year. That could happen, too. I mean, I've, I'm seeing a multi-woman match in, at WrestleMania anyways. Yeah. I don't see I don't see one-on-one. It I doesn't yeah, matter. that's true. It doesn't matter to me either way. It doesn't matter this. who wins this because you could do the same match at Mania no matter who the champion is going in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have Rusev and John Cena for the United States Championship, which I honestly expect to be the main event on the show, but just because the Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan match seems to have more importance in some ways, we'll just do this one now. Rusev and John Cena, is this match going to get a finish? And if it does, who's the winner? I think Rusev beats him down to the point where he gets DQ'd. Maybe holds on the accolade far too long and he gets DQ'd for kicking too much ass. Yeah, I mean... The reason why I would say it's more likely we're not getting a real winner in this one is because, again, it's a three-hour Raw. Mm-hmm. This is a TV commercial for WrestleMania that's free to any non-subscriber. I don't think we're getting very consequential finishes here. And this is the match that I can see a DQ or something like that happening yeah. more so than others. Yeah, and the, the, it'll set up a big match for WrestleMania. It could set up the rematch for WrestleMania. It's just weird that they're doing this one now because I 
I think they're going to do it at WrestleMania again. So I don't see a title change happening. I don't see Rusev losing a streak here at Fastlane. No. So if there's a clean win, Rusev's winning, but I just don't expect a clean win. There's not going to be a clean win. I don't expect a finish to happen. He's either getting, there's going to be either a DQ or he's going to hit him with the flag or. Which is another reason why I think we're going to, at the, when the day comes, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan will be the actual main event of the show. It'll go on last because I don't think you want to end the show with John Cena DQ with Rusev. There's no doubt. So Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I have a question for you. Maybe Mm -hmm. two questions because they could be different answers, obviously. Who wins the singles match? And what's the main event of WrestleMania 30? You kind of answered this earlier, but I'll put you on the spot here. 31, WrestleMania 31. I'd be happy with the triple threat, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Roman Reigns beats Daniel Bryan, probably with some chicanery from both Big Show and or Kane, just because. Yeah. See, part and of that, it, it's weird to me because I think that they're separating Big Show and Kane from Seth Rollins with their own little interplay here. Right. Which is why I kind of expect like a Seth Rollins and J&J six-man against all the fired guys. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that on Twitter and some people got to me like, it wouldn't be J&J, it would be Big Show and Kane. I think they're splitting no. those two off. I do too. I think Seth Rollins is, he's still authority, those, but he's kind of going on yes. his own. That's the B, that's the B team of the authority. The right. authority A team is Kane and Big Show. Right. So Seth Rollins is kind of going separately. So I could see a six man with him and J&J. And then you have something with Big Show and Kane. And if they do Big Show, Kane and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, then yeah, they would get involved in the main event here. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily see that happening because it's so out of left field in a way. Like, really, you're going to put Daniel Bryan the, triple threat like that? It fits in with the authority screwing with Daniel no, Bryan. It, it does. It fits in with the authority breaking up. It, it just makes a lot of sense to me, so I'm and going it, with it. It gives you a way to give Daniel Bryan a win at WrestleMania because there's no yes. way on earth that Kane or Big Show should win that. Because what's going to happen is if you don't give Daniel Bryan a win at Fastlane, people are going to crap on that Roman Reigns. Yeah. Brock Lesnar match. I give Daniel Bryan a win at WrestleMania. Maybe they don't crap on my Roman Reigns match. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fast lane. It's a preview for WrestleMania in a way. It's a commercial for WrestleMania. That's what I'm going with. All I see. All I see with the Sting and Triple H confrontation is that they're going to announce a match at WrestleMania. Well, hold on. You didn't uh, you didn't make your pick for Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. I think Roman gets the win. I don't know how. Okay. But I think Roman wins so, clean. So, so you think they've gone away from the triple threat as well for, for I, the main event, WrestleMania? I was never sold them the triple threat actually happening. Okay. I was so, because I thought I thought there had to be a way to protect Roman from a long match and getting exposed. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why a triple threat makes sense. But there's a lot of reasons why it didn't make sense for Randy Orton and Triple H to be the main event of WrestleMania 25, yet they still okay. were. Okay. Uh, I just I don't see you know, a lot of this stuff happening. But I don't know. I mean, they could do a triple threat. They could, we could have a non-finish here for all we know. We could have someone show up. We could have Randy Orton show up in the main event. And this baby face we expected is not the case. Maybe we could have Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. There's a lot of different ways you can go. We could have Sheamus return. And we could get the Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match that everyone thought was going to happen two months ago. 19 seconds. I expect Sheamus and Daniel Bryan still to happen. I never wavered from that. As much as okay. you know, Dave Meltzer says plans are changing. As much as you know, you know, things make sense to go in different directions. I just don't think there's any other reason to turn to quote unquote give Big Show and Kane issues with one another than to have them in a match, or with if they do a battle a royal Daniel again. Bryan. 
If they do a battle royal, yeah. I could see them being, you know, that's a big spot in the match where these two guys are going in there, you know, as the big dudes, you know, one of them is expected to win. And the and crowd have goes, turn on meh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they do a battle royal at WrestleMania, I mean, if we're thinking right now, who could they have win? And Andre the, and Andre, yeah. and Andre the Giant Battle Royal, Memorial if they could, Battle Royal? If they could do an Andre Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania, who right now on the roster is someone that you would think has the favorite the best odds to win that match. I would let Cesaro win just to rib him. Right. <laughs> okay. Hey, there have been worse reasons for giving guys wins uh, on shows. So you could do I, Cesaro. You'd I have know. a new, if you, if you want to bring someone up from NXT, give them a win. You know, nope. vignette them up a couple of weeks before WrestleMania and then they somehow win the Battle Royal. That's not happening at WrestleMania. I'm no. sorry. Hey, Cesaro won at WrestleMania. Stranger things can happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shakethemropes.com slash subscribe. If you want to subscribe to our podcasts in the audio version, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Uh, thanks to all those who have followed us on TuneIn Radio for Shake Them Ropes. Uh, if you want to catch our video shows and our video clips, shakethemropes.com slash YouTube will get you there. Uh, all we ask is everything that it doesn't cost any money. Go to our YouTube page, subscribe to us, like our shows, comment pros or cons, whatever you, uh, whatever you feel about the show, let us know. And you can keep in contact with both of us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Jeff Hawkins is at Crap Game 13 on Twitter. And if you go to our website, you will see that. A nice little bio of both of us on ShakeThemRopes.com. VoicesOfWrestling.com is where you can catch our shows as well as the Voices of Wrestling podcast hope, uh, hosted by Rich Kreich and Joe Lanza, who is much older than I thought he was. I did not realize. So good for him, I suppose. Sounds young. Good for Joe Lanza. How uh, old is he? Um, if, and this may have been a joking tweet by rich. I'm not sure, but as far as I know, he's over 50. Huh? No idea. Did you? No, I thought late thirties. I thought late thirties. I feel better now. Not being the elder statesman of voices of wrestling. No, but they they were talking (laughs) about, um, what were they talking? There was something on Twitter talking about like the late nineties, WWE or WCW and Rich was talking about how old everyone was at that time, just to, you know, make us feel older than we were. And he was talking about how he was 11 and Joe Lanza was 37. So it might have been a joke, like Joe Lanza's this old man. Like, right. I don't know. But if he's in his 50s, I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea. But with Voices of Wrestling podcast, if you listen to Shake Them Ropes and you think, where's the rest of the show? I want two more hours. Well, go listen to Voices of Wrestling. They'll do it for you. <laughs> they will do it for you. Uh, so a lot of stuff all up at shakethemropes.com, but we appreciate the feedback. Absolutely. Uh, any final notes as we close up shake them ropes 66. Is that a hand strengthener on your bed in the camera? I'm looking at right because you on video can't see this. <laughs> so Jeff Hawkins just likes to break kayfabe and uh, point out things that are off camera. I um, just don't have been looking at that all show going, what is Rob doing? Right. So my studio, half of the room is my studio and my desk and all my work because I work from here. And then I have the bed over there. And yes, there's a a hand strengthener because I got to build up those forearms. I've been going to the gym this year. I'm trying to get bigger. I'm trying to change up my diet because I'm a super small guy. I got the hand strengthener for the old forearms. Okay. So to answer your question, yes. And when I ask for Q&As, when I ask for questions on our Twitter... Those are the types of questions. Those are the types of questions I'm asking for. (laughs) You can. I love getting asked all the wrestling related questions. But if we ever ask for questions, literally, you can ask anything you want, and we will answer it here on the show. 
anything life, at all. My life's an open book. Life is an open book. Just it's a, ask. It's a, it's a very long, boring book, but it's an open book. Right. If you want to ask how many matches I have on Tinder, go for it. The answer may surprise you. It's zero. I actually had two. It's actually not zero, but. Well, you have a girlfriend, so that's okay. So why? Yeah. Delete Tinder right now, everybody. Be respectful. Uh, But we'll be back next week. (laughs) Actually, we'll be back Sunday with Shake That Ropes Live. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Right after Fastlane. And then we'll be back uh, Wednesday of next week with our regular show. Fastlane Talk and uh, Daytona 500 Post Show. Daytona Talk. Sure. Why not? No, we're not going to do a Daytona. A lot of Fastlane Talk. And then next week on Wednesday, Shake Them Rope 67 or 68 at that time, we'll be back talking about the real road to WrestleMania as we might actually have an idea what the actual main event will be. And we'll and uh, we'll also get the, in, net, the network match. We're going to give them the network match, which is match number 87. Juventud Guerrera versus Billy Kidman versus mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title from, I've forgotten the show already. Is it Havoc 97? Let me that look this sounds up. That sounds right. I was watching Spring Stampede 99 this weekend. Okay. It's, pretty awesome. it's pretty awesome stuff in there. Yeah, I saw that you were the, tweeting about some of the older shows there. But uh, Ben Wamalenko versus Saturn and Raven was a hell of a match. Starcade 98. Okay. Starcade 98 for Guerrera versus Mysterio versus uh, Billy Kidman for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, at least I assume it's for the Cruiserweight title. I guess it doesn't say. I don't know. I assume it is. Why wouldn't it be? On memory, I can't remember. They, but it, maybe they oh, just yeah. do a random triple threat between the cruiserweights, and we it have might no have been idea. A, like a number one contenders match. It could too, be. So. It could have been. But we're going to do that match next week on Wednesday. Match number eighty-seven of the top one hundred countdown. Uh, after that is going to be the SummerSlam two thousand eleven Christian and Randy Orton match. Oh, I nice. Yeah, I remember that being okay. I don't remember the specifics. I remember actually the Money in the Bank match more. Right. But uh, we'll get into that one. So you can follow along to their top one hundred. Uh, at shakethemropes.com. That is going to be it for this week on Shake Them Ropes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to everyone I met down there in Orlando. I met some of the guys from the Observer Board, some of the guys who listen to our podcast, and the uh, the fan group, uh, Wrestling Central, they call themselves, who were very r- loud and rowdy and had far more members than I fully expected. There were a lot of people a part of that group. Yeah, they got a gang after you trashed them. Yeah, I didn't trash them. <laughs> Although I will say the crowds at both the takeover special and the TV uh, this week for NXT were phenomenal crowds. Okay. Can't say a bad thing about them. I think it's just a matter of who you sit by sometimes. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it, it was great time being in Orlando. Thanks for everyone who followed along on, on our website and our Twitter. Thanks for everyone who listened to this episode. Go subscribe at YouTube and go subscribe on iTunes and all those places for Jeff Hawkins, Rob McCarran. I'll say goodbye. Beep. Peyton, non attorney spokesperson, Janelle and Associates Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas, is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention all active or retired military. If you are diagnosed with tinnitus or hearing loss after using yellow and black or yellow and olive dual-ended earplugs, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. These earplugs permitted damaging sounds to enter the ear canal. If you served in the military and were later diagnosed with hearing loss or tinnitus, call 800-871-7344 right now to see if you qualify for significant cash compensation. The manufacturer knew of the defect but did not warn its customers. Complaints alone. 
alleged that the manufacturer manipulated test results to make it appear that the plugs met government standards. If you deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan anytime from 2003 through 2015 and are now suffering from diagnosed hearing loss or tinnitus, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call 800-871-7344 right now. Hurry, time is limited. Call 800-871-7344 now to see if you qualify for cash compensation. Call 800-871-7344. That's 800-871-7344. 800-871-7344. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.